through the fire. You know, we've said it this way. Your grandmother used to cry at Christmas time. We always come there. And I always remember asking her, why do you cry at Christmas time? And it wasn't because of seeing family and friends and all the things that that does. It was because she realized that Christ, the one who was born, had to be born to die for her. And it made, in that sense, made her sad in a way because she's like, couldn't there have been another way than you mm-hmm. had to do that for me? Mm-hmm. But the fact that he did, she said, oh, that's, that's my Savior. Welcome to Through the Fire, Cutting Through the Passions clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello everybody. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And welcome to Through the Fire, where we are on the case on to the tackle case. the tough issues and the chaos of the culture today with some psychological and theological explanations and applications. There you go. It's my favorite time of the year. Yeah. Christmas. It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. So we've talked about the decorations, the spirit of the season, and all the trappings, but Christmas, I mean, it is ultimately a message, mm-hmm. a proclamation of forgiveness, freedom, and life. And the trappings of Christmas need to focus us there, or they can become a distraction or worse, can't they? Yeah. And first of all, again, like we've talked about, that's one of the reasons I love you, all the decorations, the transformations of the house this time of year. Mm. And you have been doing it, uh, wife of my youth, faithfully for 36 years and counting. Yeah. So thank you. Like we've (laughs) talked about before, though, you orchestrate the transformation of our house. But what I love about it is it points to the message. Mm -hmm. And so literally time stands still, uh, you know, the message of Christmas, which is timeless, permeates the place, gives us a real sense of purpose and destiny, and of course, joy. So, and, and that, what we're going to talk about today is no matter what's going on in the world at the moment or even what's going on in our lives. So thanks again, honey. Well, you're welcome. You're so kind, and I just love doing it. Even when I'm exhausted, I'll forego sleep to do it. Well, and you know, you do come alive when you start to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when you really until I die, until you die, <laughs> and then I have to wake her up again and say, "Honey, you got to do it again." It's again. But this year, though, a verse hit me between the eyes this Christmas for some reason. I'm sitting in my office in Washington D.C. amidst all the chaos that's going on there. And, you know, there's legislation in Congress targeting the church, calling our teachings about marriage, family, sexuality, even our message about Jesus. They're calling this stuff uh, hate speech in in some circles. Uh, In fact, I interviewed a pastor um, not too long ago in Finland who is on trial. He might even go to jail for teaching the basics of the Bible. And so I I read this story of Christmas that we don't often talk about this time of year. That's what I want to talk about today. And that's Mary and Joseph on the run. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew chapter 2, you know, the Magi come visit, Herod the king then, the, the big dog politician is worried about his throne. And so the idyllic moment of Christmas Eve, which really wasn't that ideal either, now gives way to real terror. And so I, let me just read it real quick. You know, it said, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord, when the Magi had gone, an angel right. of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up. Take the child and his mother, escape to Egypt, stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph, I mean, I just think about this, Joseph's like, what? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought mm-hmm. I was just getting the hang of this thing, you right. know. Uh, so he took the child, his mother, during the night, left for Egypt, stayed there till the death of Herod. You know, it was fulfilled what the Lord had said uh, through the prophet, out of Egypt, I've called my son. So what I wanted to talk about today is the power of the message of Christmas again, because it's Christmas time mm-hmm. when things are not going well in your life, when they're th- when the things are in disarray all around us, culturally, even personally. And I want to talk about how the proclamation of Christmas is actually that which roots us, which grounds us, even protects and sustains us no matter what's going on. So, and I think that's, you know, we've talked about this a lot. A lot of people are sad, confused, even angry this time of year Mm -hmm. uh, when they think that this time is only a religious thing or only a family thing. uh, And we're, we're supposed to just put our happy face on and hope all this bad stuff goes away for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people often do just that. They put on a happy face when they are feeling unjoyful, when they're feeling sad, lonely, and Mm non-celebratory. And and doing that, really, it can sometimes make it worse because it doesn't feel good to want to run away or hide during Christmas and New Year's celebrations. You know, we sit here and we think there are certain traditions we need to hold on to. We need to do decorating, and we need to sing, and we need to go to church, and we need to bake, and we need to do all these things. The, the way to look at it is it's we get to do it, not that we have to do right. it, right? So it's especially important to note at this time of the year that people can believe that they are the only ones who feel sad and broken and maybe even feel defective as they you know, see advertisements, movies, and hear stories of warmth, giving, baking, family, and love. I have clients and friends and family members who have expressed feeling sad, angry, and broken right now. And it kills me, right? I mean, it just kills me. But this is life. I mean, we have, we're human in every way. And sometimes we feel the way we do at certain times of the year. And, you know, my heart goes out to them because there are valid reasons to sometimes feel down. Mm -hmm. There really are. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. We do have traditions like decorating Advent services, Christmas lights to celebrate the joy that we have in Christ's birth and to remind us of that. And so this time of the year is about him and his gifts uh, to us. Right. And if we focus in, in on that. In the middle of all that. That's right. And if right. we fo- focus on that, less on us, right? There's less focus on us and our feelings of emptiness. And doing what we don't feel like doing, as painful as it may be, we may perceive it to be, sometimes it can actually produce the opposite effect. And we can experience joy even in the midst of our sadness uh, as we share traditions with other people. Right. And, and again, you know, one of the things I always say is that if you believe in Christ, you're never alone. You right. can be alone in this world, lonely in this world, but Christ is more than just a religious thing to think about. He's a real personal Savior who who promises to be with you. And, mm-hmm. and so that's why I wanted to talk about this unique peace that you put out this Christmas because, you know, our, our life's been kind of chaotic this year, you know. Mm-hmm. And so instead of putting out the manger scene, which is what right. you usually with do. With lots of pieces and the hay and yeah. everything. And, yeah, you almost a grotto in our house, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, that's what I try to create, actually. But we ran out of time, or you ran out of time to put out yeah. everything, right? Right. So you put out this piece, mm-hmm. and it's the piece of Joseph and Mary on the run uh, right. with little baby Jesus to, to Egypt. So first of all, where did you get that, and why did you put that out this year instead of the major, besides just all the work that was going on? And how do you describe it? Because that was amazing to me that that was there in place of where the major was. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a porcelain figurine. Right. And it's rather large. It was given to me by my mother. Uh, my mother always insists that we put out, you know, the real reason why we celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. And she actually gets quite irritated by St. Nick. Um, but she, did, she doesn't know the history of St. Nicholas. So right. those people that do uh, put out Santa Claus and St. Nicholas, um, 
uh, don't feel guilty because that was a very beautiful uh, symbol. But the real reason we celebrate, and the reason yeah, he, he was that's a, Nicholas, he was actually a bishop, right? And the real the reason that he did that was uh, was a faith thing, also in helping the poor. That's right, faith, because yeah. of his faith in Jesus. Right. So uh, my mother's always, um, you know, said you need to have out nativities and you need to have out uh, figurines of Jesus. And so this is the flight into Egypt, right? And. Um, you know, I, I thought of it being particularly important and wanting to put that out this year because we see what's happening right now to the younger generation and not wanting to get married, not wanting to have children. Mm-hmm. And we keep hearing, you know, you have to have a plan. Everything has to be set purposefully and has to be perfect. And here we have the flight into Egypt. And it took them three days to travel to Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, and they were in, there was fear. They didn't know where they were going yeah. exactly. They didn't Just have get a, out. Just to get out, right? right? And you see in every depiction that whether it's a painting or it's a figurine, uh, and 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 thousands of painters through the years have depicted this scene because it's so important. Right. And we think of its application today. There is no perfection, right? right? Sometimes you will. Your job is to have a child in the midst of this, to give them protection, and to sh- demonstrate to others that this is the most important thing still, right? Right? And they're fleeing into Egypt, and Joseph is leading the way. And um, so I, I just, um, for me, it's a very beautiful focus well, piece for, well, for this I, season. It was providential. So here I'm thinking about this, and I'm in D.C., and you're, you're decorating the house and everything. I come back, and where's the manger, and why is this? It's exactly what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, our lives are obviously not perfect. In fact, our lives— I, My ca- life is perfect. Maybe yours well, isn't. Of course, I, you know, I, I understand <laughs> that I've made your life very beautiful. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got one in. <laughs> but, you know, but the thing is, is that the perfection of God comes in Jesus Christ for you amidst all your disarray. And that's why I thought this was so providential and incredible that instead of putting out the usual manger scene, I, you know, you put this out. And I was drawn to this passage in the scripture this time of year. So it's not the verses of Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. It's not even the wise men verses. Mm-hmm. It happens immediately after all that good stuff. Jesus is still the message uh, mm-hmm. and the lives, even though Jesus Jesus is the message, mm-hmm. and he's going to hold on to even Mary and Joseph. The lives of the first family of faith, even, mm-hmm. was in disarray right. uh, in, in this season. That's amazing to think about, isn't it? Because even they didn't have a real plan, right? right. They knew that eventually where his life would lead, right? But the interim in between, right. there was no set plan. There was no guarantee. There was no template. There was no safety net. There was none of these things. Um, so... Just like for our, us in our life, if the first family didn't have all of these things, why would we expect that we would? And God took care of them. That's right. And that's God right. took care of them. That's his promise to us. That's our certainty. Right. And so that's, I find it incredible that we did this together in some ways, even though we weren't really planning on it. Um, and then the Christmas message then, it's got to be very clear. It's not what we do for God. It's not, it's not for family ultimately. It's not for country, even for ourselves. Um, it, it it's not even a religion so much because religion is usually about what you're supposed to do for God. Um, this is what God does for us. That's the mm-hmm. message of Christmas. Christmas is about what God did, what he does for sinful humanity in spite of us so that we might have his life now and forever as a gift. And that's what's going on even in the flight to Egypt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was just thinking about it, that very first Christmas. It was not a great time for Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Mary, I'm sure the community never forgot that she was pregnant before marriage. Right. No matter what the angel told Joseph, that she'd never been with a man, sinful communities then and now, they are merciless. Mm -hmm. And then the government of the day, 
Herod the Great, he hears about Jesus, King of the Jews, and he decides to take matters into his own hands. And he didn't merely pad the vote like uh, they do today to make sure they get you know their way uh, or pressure the leaders of the day as we, you know we see today. He decides to eliminate the competition altogether, and he orders every child two years and younger younger in Israel to be killed. You know. It's incredible what Which was going on. Which is why they were fleeing. Right. right. Exactly. That's my point. So in the middle of all that, uh, joy to the world. You know, the mm-hmm. Lord has come. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough to think about, isn't it, that the very first Christmas had Mary, our mother Mary, and Father Joseph paying a price for bringing the very Messiah of the world into the world. Right. They must have been very afraid, concerned, and disheveled. I mean, some of these, you know, we have the flight into Egypt paintings, and then we have uh, the uh, flight from Egypt and the rests uh, in Egypt from from fleeing. There's so many depictions of of their journey and and the hardship that they endured. Yeah, because their life in in many ways is our life, and Mm -hmm. their Savior is Mm -hmm. our Savior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So much different than many of our beautiful Christmases, you know, where we have our beautiful rhythms, our decorations, our Advent worship, our day off to celebrate. Again, what we're saying is uh, those are not the important things, ultimately. In fact, those are important if they focus our attention Mm -hmm. on what's important. And that's why, again, I love how you prepare our house. And and this year, you weren't even here very long back and forth and all the kinds of things we've been doing. And the message still comes through that God is at work in our lives to bless us with his life and salvation. So it's all over the house. And, And I just want people to understand that in the middle of disarray, the message can still be very clear. Absolutely. Very and, clear. and it's very important, I think, to continue to do that. And I mean, you know, like in our neighborhood, our fa- uh, our neighbors notice whenever we do things and don't do things to our home. Right. And so uh, this is why I love what uh, doing this and why I, I do it. I mean, I want to just kind of briefly go through some of the symbols of Christmas for our listeners. Ooh, so cool. uh, to remind us of what all of these uh, items represent, you know, the star that we often see on the trees or, or that we see decorating our trees um, and wreaths. I mean, that represents a star that appeared in the sky when Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. We have candy canes to remind us of the shepherds in the field and the, the staffs that they carried. And, and during Christ's time, a shepherd's staff had a crook or a bend at the top. That's why we have the the, the shape of the candy cane that way. And this, they used to use that hook uh, to to gently grab the sheep by the neck and, and lead them to, to food or water and yeah. to protect them from harm. Yeah, sheep didn't want to go where they no, were supposed they to go. No, they didn't. Yeah. And then we have bells that symbolize the announcement of Christ's birth with the angels in heaven who yeah. praised God and declared glory, glory to, to God, God in the, the highest and on earth peace, peace goodwill good towards men. And that comes from the book of Luke. Yeah. We have the evergreen tree that was first used by Martin Luther, we believe. Absolutely, I mean, yeah, the uh, tradition goes back to him. Yes, and that uh, green tree in the dead of winter reminds people of hope and new life because of Jesus and we that we all have everlasting life if we mm-hmm. believe in him. Mm-hmm. And wreaths symbolize eternal life because of Christ's promise to those who believe in him. The Christmas lights, again, they remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. And before, you know, we had electricity, people used candles. to, right. do, and So that was the same thing. Those were the same Christmas lights, but technology now has replaced them with different types. Poinsettias, this one was interesting because I didn't learn this until later on. You'd think I would know that from the, the posadas, uh, mm. the traditions of the posadas, the Mexican uh, traditions. But they, um, you know, you see them in different colors now, but their shape resembles a star like the one that led the wise men to Jesus. Uh-huh. And so that's why we have, and then, you know, the, the wise men journeying, that's what the posadas is, journeying on their 
way okay. to to find Jesus uh, in the manger. So you know you have red poinsettias that remind us of the blood that Jesus spilled for us, and the white ones to remind us of His purity. Yeah, you know, even just just stop there too to think about the fact that Christ is born for a purpose, mm-hmm. and His purpose is not a, an easy one too. He's going to live our life. He's going to die our death and give us His life. And so even there, the poinsettias actually preach to us, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't even say preach, but they they're they're great little remind test- us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, declare to us. Yeah, they declare. Word. I like that better. Is a negative term, but it's it not does. Meant it's to not be, really meant to be. I'm a preacher. Right? Yeah, <laughs> a pastor. I, I like that term much better. But anyway, yeah. then when you have the red holly berry, which again reminds us of His blood shed for all of us, right. with the sharp edges reminding us of His crown, crown of, thorns. of thorns. Yeah, right, right. And stockings. Then here's where Saint Nick comes in. Yeah. Well, back to Saint Nick because remember he was a bishop who actually uh, earned his bones. He suffered for Christ. He actually proclaimed the good news, and then he had this tradition of caring for people, right? Right. And so what he did, there was there were, there were three very poor daughters that came from a poor family, and they didn't have the money for a dowry, which meant they probably wouldn't all likely who wouldn't have gotten married. And they were or they would have been sold in, or, you know, they could have been, if they had to, they could have been sold Servant. to somebody. Servanthood, yeah. Serv- yeah. So he came, St. Nick came, the bishop, Christian bishop, St. Nicholas came, and he put gold in their, in their stockings. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh that is where St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, comes the gifting, from. Yeah. yeah, the gifting. And uh, so, you know, when we think about that, the greatest example of, of service is Jesus Christ, right? right? And we know gift. that. That's right. So when we see stockings and St. Nicholas, we think we should think of service to others, right? right. And then the gifts, the gifts um, that we give to one another uh, remind us of the wise men who came to see Jesus and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that comes from Matthew 2. Um, but the greatest gift of all came from our Heavenly Father, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. So as you open your brightly wrapped presents on Christmas morning, remember that the Savior is a true gift of Christmas. Yeah, and again, opening those gifts uh, even are meant to point you to the gift. And so mm-hmm. if opening those gifts becomes the message of, of Christmas, or all the decorations become the message of Christmas, it, you'll be disappointed because mm-hmm. they're not sufficient. But right. when they point to the gift, then they come alive in ways that, that always remind us that our God actually cares about us. That's right. You know, Maria, I know that you love to make uh, this message real for us at home, but you also do, you try to help people who might be feeling left out this time of year, struggling with their circumstances. And I know you deal with these things mm-hmm. on a very personal level. And so maybe this is a good time to share some information with our listeners, how they might contact you if they are having a tough time uh, sure. at this time of year. Sure. I mean, and lots of people do. So please don't feel alone if you're one of them. And, um, you know, yes, you can call me and I can, uh, there's some things that you can do. If we're Right now we're talking about traditions and how that can hold on to you. Right. But listen, if, if there are some new traditions that you need to make because the other ones are too painful for whatever reason, then that's something you need to do. So there's lots of things that you can do to get you through the holiday mm-hmm. in a way that, um, remember, uh, that can lighten up your mood a little bit. Sure. Um, and uh, so give us a call uh, at Candescent Counseling and Coaching. The number is 636 368 5383. That's 636-368-5383. And we offer in-person as well as virtual sessions, and you can call us for one session or several. Um, You can also look at our website at cccc-usa.com. That's cccc-usa.com. 
And, you know, if you do want to uh, see what we're doing in Washington, D.C., to, to actually uh, bring you Christmas cheer, you can go to lcrlfreedom.org. That's lcrlfreedom.org. I had an interview with someone uh, in D.C. just uh, this last week, and they said this is the best time in his life, he said, mm-hmm. for religious liberty and for, for people to be protected so that they can share their faith openly without fear. And I thought... He and he was a lawyer telling me this, so he's got to be he's got to be telling me the truth, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> but I thought that was an incredible statement because so many people feel like things are going uh, crazy in the other way right now. And he said, "No, this is the best time in our lifetime." So good news there. All right, so back to the figurine: Joseph, mm-hmm. Mary, Jesus on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you know, one of the things I want to say is that that's Matthew 2, but there's another verse. If you really want to read this, it's in Revelation chapter 12, and it talks about the cosmic things that are going on, and it talks about the dragon actually sweeping through earth itself, seeking the child. Now, some people interpret the child there to be the church, mm-hmm. the offspring of Jesus, if you want mm-hmm. to use that kind of word. I don't know that it can't be both, and I'm just thinking that's what's cosmically going on. I mean, evil in the trying to destroy all the good in our world, and somehow God himself takes it on. Mm-hmm. He takes it on for you, one who fights for us, and that's really the Christmas message. And so if you're really being overwhelmed right now, you've got a God in heaven who fights for you, God in heaven who loves you with an everlasting love. So, you know, yeah. that's what we're talking about today, even mm-hmm. in the midst of the disarray. Right, right. But, you know, it's really important to remember that Christmas is a message that comes into the chaos of all of our lives. Right. Chaos, right? I mean, chaos doesn't keep it away. and It can cloud our ability to see the message, right? Mm-hmm. But it's here. And Christmas brings a message of peace that transcends all understanding. Hope is rooted in God's intention and actions in our lives, not our best efforts, important as they may be. There is a joy that transcends circumstances. And some people are blessed to have people who support, love, and defend them at given points of life. Mm -hmm. And some people do not have relationships of this sort. But everyone can have a person who walks beside them, strengthens them, uplifts them, defends them, and will never leave them. And that one person is Mm -hmm. all you need, more than anyone will ever need. That person is Jesus Christ, and he is the reason for the season. And that's, again, you know, it sounds, and he paid the price to be that person mm-hmm. so that he could fulfill those promises. You know, I, I, I want to kind of jump back in with, uh, uh, he's one of my favorites. I, I love Denzel Washington. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to him sometime just to ask him some questions I have, because I always thought he carried himself really well in Hollywood, and it's tough mm-hmm. to do today. Mm-hmm. And, um, he just started talking lately much more boldly about life being a spiritual warfare. And, you know, like I said, I've loved his movie. Loved, I think he's a class act. Someone told me he has skeletons in his closet. And I said, well, we all do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and thank God he's saying there is a God in heaven who saves sinners like us. That's his message. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And so I love what he said because uh, this life is, is tough. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a tough world because it's a sinful, broken world. Um, and the devil himself would just love to see you just kind of go down the, the rabbit hole with him, right? Mm-hmm. But God himself uh, comes in the flesh, and that's Christmas morning, mm-hmm. and he fights for us. He just fights in ways that are different than, than mm-hmm. we thought he would. He doesn't come with you know, the kind of warfare we think, but he comes through a manger, he comes through a cross, and he gives you an eternal salvation that nothing can uh, take away from you. It blows your mind, actually. So again, I love that he was out there. He, even as a 
person, you know, who has stature, he probably could be risking his Hollywood stature. You know, mm-hmm. he's letting people know, no, this is what's really important. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to misunderstand either that, you know, Christ's humility is not weakness. No, I mean, it is not. At fact, all. It's, it's the ultimate way yeah, to Yeah, his mercy is not merely saying that sin doesn't matter. It still matters even more than you think. But only he is that one that can take its eternal punishments away, right? right? So if you are struggling with sadness, depression, or just feeling like things are out of control, look at the symbols of Christmas. Hear the carols. Hear the Bible's message of Christmas. Right. And that that's the whole reason, you know, uh, for all this stuff. So, you know, for our family, we participate, too, in all the things uh, that as you, you dress things up and as you've dressed our, even our offices up in D.C., you, you point to that message. And I think that's what holds us. That That's what finally, in the middle of our sadness or struggle of, or disarray of a particular moment in time, suddenly, uh, you know, that message comes through. Suddenly this, the joy comes through, the hope comes through uh, because we see it fresh. So, you know, we've said it this way. Um, your grandmother used to cry at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. We always come there. And I always remember asking her, why do you cry at Christmas time? And mm-hmm. it wasn't because of seeing family and friends and all the things that no. that does. It no. was because she realized that Christ, the one who was born, had to be born to mm-hmm. die for her. And it made, in that sense, made her sad in a way because she's like, couldn't there have been another way than you mm-hmm. had to do that for me? Mm-hmm. But the fact that he did, she said, oh, that's, that's my savior. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful message even now. Mm-hmm. All right, one last thing, though. Uh, we went to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. this mm-hmm. Christmas. And, of course, right. incredible place. The people who built that long ago, oh, they were beautiful. people of faith. But if you hear the Bible's proclamation of Christmas in a place like that, mm-hmm. there's nothing like that. Right. You feel you're in heaven, I would imagine. Unfortunately, <laughs> it lacked soul to me, you know, when we heard the—they had a Christmas concert there. Yeah, it was right? beautiful. Yeah. Well, when they played the carols and sang the carols, right. it was phenomenal. But they so they sang some of the old ones, and that proclaimed the message of Christ. Right. But some of these new ones. But they ones, inserted oh my a, gosh. some very politically correct. Oh, and I mean, and the person wrote uh, you, a song about how, you know, snow. And, and they highlighted them. And, and all and the really, traditions yes. and stuff don't always make us feel good because there's serious issues. And the serious climate issues are change. climate change and global warming. And if we take that seriously. And I after I listened <laughs> to that song, which was the focal point. It, it was. was. right in the. Yeah. It was a focal I, point. He missed the whole point. Right. You know, so our preparations are meant to focus us back on the message of God at work right. in Christ right. to save us. He didn't come into the world to make a sinful world a little better place. <laughs> uh, he brought a new kingdom into this world that will exist long after the heavens and earth pass away. So, again, we're, we're, if you're out there and you're, you're, the Christmas parties and celebrations and all that, they do matter yes. if they f- ultimately point to the ultimate message. And if they don't, eventually all those things will actually leave you cold, I think, mm-hmm. if they don't point to the message. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's a message I think we've got to hold on to mm-hmm. today. Well, that's why, again, that's why I love decorating and because those are symbols that represent our belief and faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I want to share that with others because sometimes, you know, those things uh, leave impressions, right? So we've had calmer, you know, years in our life. And, and who knows what tomorrow and the next year will bring, just mm-hmm. like the flight into Egypt figurine, right? But right now, Christmas boldly proclaims and celebrates the babe in the manger who holds our future in his hands. And there is great comfort and joy in that certainty. And I'm going to close this with this thought. Uh, like I said, I interviewed um, Bishop uh, Yo- Johanna Poihala from Finland, my, grandpa- Poihala. <laughs> my grandparents' home country. And mm-hmm. he's being charged right now. He has four children, married four children. 
He's being charged with uh, basically the finished version of hate crimes for teaching what the Bible teaches about marriage and, and sexuality. And, you know, he's going to be brought on trial right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be in tr- going through all this stuff in January. And I, it just made me realize that there was this, this guy named Simeon in the temple you know, in, the, eight in, days, scripture. in scripture now, mm-hmm. and Jesus is born, and the parents bring Jesus to him. He's been waiting for the Messiah his whole life, mm-hmm. okay? And he sees this, and, and then God makes him aware that this is the Messiah. And he lifts up and he says, Now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. So he's saying, You can take me now, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, if death itself comes tomorrow, I am fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying to you folks out there, if you're really struggling, when I was talking to Bishop Poihala about this, he had that same countenance. He basically said, you know, if the Lord takes me, if this all goes awry and, and, and it, you know, God forbid, I, I hope it doesn't, he was saying, but we already have everything mm-hmm. in Christ. And I just, his countenance was so magnificent. And in I the thought, midst of fear. In the midst of real, real, yeah, real fear. Real fear for himself and his family. Yeah, he said, my kids, I could go to jail for three years. They could punish me with many, many mm-hmm. fines. We could be called criminals in my own country. Mm-hmm. And he said, but if that's you know, what comes of us for being faithful to Christ so that people can know that God loves them in Jesus, so be it. And mm-hmm. I thought of Simeon, you know, mm-hmm. now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace. I thought of Mary and Joseph on the run from Egypt, and I'm thinking of all of you who are listening in today. Mm-hmm. God loves you that much because that's the power of Christmas. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, I, I always say to you at this time, you thanks for teaching our family how to focus and to celebrate mm-hmm. that with how you decorate the house. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Greg and I want to wish all of you blessed tidings of great joy. Absolutely. And always, always remember there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love, especially this Christmas time, burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. I'm Greg. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) See See you soon. soon. Merry Christmas to you and your family from all of us at familyvisionmedia.org.